Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Thanks, Vanessa. Yes, and Jimmy Smith will be heading up the call of that. So, Game 5, the decider at Kudos Bank Arena. Tickets at Ticketek and Jimmy with the call from 6 o'clock Eastern. Daylight saving time right here on SEN. On the line from AAP Sports, Scott Bailey joins us. Regular on the uh, program. There's a fair bit to cover in the world of rugby league. Morning, Scotty. Let's start with Newcastle Knights. Um, It's going to be interesting to see how they play this at the judiciary with Jacob Saifidi. Mm -hmm. A, because he is who he is and is important. But B, they've got some real problems in terms of getting cattle on on the park. Yeah, it's a really interesting case, this one, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which the fact that they are completely decimated. I mean, we can all be very confident, well, we all know that Jacob won't play this week. It's more a matter of whether they try and uh, reduce his ban from five weeks down uh, to, say, three or four and risk it going out to six. Uh, They've got to uh, until midday to decide. I know last night or late yesterday afternoon they they were weighing it up, and it's an interesting one, right, because... From what I can make out, and I'm very confident on this, it's the highest grade in the NRL have handed out for a high tackle uh, since Zane Tedavano in the final round of 2017. So we're talking five and a half years ago. Um, so it, it's quite a call from the NRL to say this is the worst high tackle we've seen in five and a half years. But the challenge with that is, is if they do try and downgrade it, they actually don't have a lot of tackles to compare it to once they get into that room to say, well, it's not as bad as this one because... There aren't many tackles they can actually say have been given that similar grading. Even Zane Tedavano in 2017 was successful in his getting dramatically downgraded. In fact, he was able to play in the final shortly after because he got down to a careless. So, uh, it's, yeah, it's a, it'll be a very interesting decision for the Knights. And if they do try to, it'll be an interesting night at the judiciary, I dare say. Yeah, perhaps um, perhaps that's part of their defence. Part of their defence is that yeah. this is a, a complete anomaly in the game. So what's that six years since that kind of mm. charge has been handed down? So so they, they cop five matches if they accept it, six if they lose the challenge, obviously. And like you're saying, they've now got until midday or they have until midday to put that in. Have they have have they spoken to you about what their what their kind of best case scenario would be? What what they reckon they could get it down to the, the, the least amount? They haven't, no, they haven't really spoken on that yet because they haven't made a decision on whether it's actually worth trying to get it down. I know last night they would have been pouring um, through angles. And they also, what usually happens in this situation is the club will speak to, I mean, nine times out of ten, Nick Gabar, because he is the go-to for judiciary. Uh, But, you know, whoever they're, I think, I believe Nick is their lawyer anyway, but they they go to their, their nominated lawyer that they usually go to. That that lawyer will look through the replays, look at the angles, they'll look at similar offences or offences that might sit somewhere in a similar range and then make a call on whether it's worth uh, taking to to the judiciary. Because, I mean, there's two factors to it, right? Firstly, it's not free. You do pay for a lawyer. So the club has to decide whether it's worthwhile in that sense and B, um, whether it's worth the risk of, of the extra week. Because, like, I don't imagine, like, realistically, they're not going to be able to get this down to a careless. This is a reckless tackle. It's just a matter of how reckless it was. And probably a matter of whether it was more reckless than, say, Latrell Mitchell on Joey Manu 
for Tane Milne on Spencer Lenu last year because and, and Way Graham last week. They're the other three reckless we've had in the last couple of years. So whether it's you know drastically more reckless than those ones because at this stage it has been graded as worse than those. Geez, you wouldn't want to be at the Newcastle Knights at the moment in the head office. I reckon they would have got to work before the sun came up because they've got that on their plate. They'll have to look at asking the NRL for dispensation around um, players because they've only got 28 on their books and up to 10 of those could be unavailable. And then they've got the Caelan Ponga issue. So um, let's talk about Caelan in just a sec. But the dispensation part, what, what's the process there? And, and, and you know where do they go in terms of looking to make sure that they've got a full complement of players? Yeah, so the rule is that you can't access your development players until round 11 or players outside your top 30, but um, the NRL will grant exemptions in exceptional circumstances. And we've already seen that this year. The Bulldogs required an exemption um, to play anyway, one of their bench guys in round one. Um, Melbourne also had an exemption in round one to have some of their guys play and be as part of their extended squad. So the NRL will consider not only you know if you've got a say a squad of 28 and you'll have 10 unavailable, which as I understand all the guys that we're speculating will be unavailable for Newcastle, definitely will be. The concussed guys, obviously, Tyson Frizzell, Jack Jones, Kurt Mann are all out, as well as guys like Adam Elliott who had injuries before this weekend. So they're all gone. Uh, so it's not just a matter of, well, you had 28 and now you're down to 18. It might be a case of, well, you know, you've lost Caelan Ponga, you've lost... Um, Kurt Mann, uh, you, you know, you've lost Shaden Braley. Those are a number of guys who play at hooker or, or in the halves. Uh, so, therefore, you'll have dispensation to bring some of them outside your 28 slash 30 into your 17 because, you know, you can pick one of them ahead of, say, a bench forward who wouldn't be of any value to you, if you understand what I'm saying, Maddie. So, mm, that, yeah. the NRL will grant exemptions in these cases, and this is certainly one of those situations where they will have that opportunity. As for what their team looks like this weekend, well, I guess Tyson Gamble will play in the halves alongside Jackson Hastings would be my guess. Uh, you've got Lockie Miller at fullback, Phoenix Crossland. Maybe hooker. I'm trying to think who their hooker is because realistically, Kurt Mann would be another option. He's not available. So He's not, it's hooker yeah. and probably number 14 that is the, the biggest question mark for them. Yeah, wow. He's got some thinking to do today, Adam O'Brien and the, and the staff up there. So Caelan Ponga now... Um, as I've touched on earlier, Andrew Webster's written an article saying that you know that they should err on the side of caution here and stand them mm. down. Matty Johns and myself had a good <coughs> um, chat about this yesterday, and and we both agreed that look, it's all very good for us to have opinions, but you've got to listen to the experts here. But when you put it in club perspective, if if the NRL, if if the Newcastle Knights went to the NRL, Scotty, and said we have to err on the side of caution here and we have to stand Kalen Ponga down. Do you think there's a case then to have some sort of dispensation slash compensation under the salary cap for doing that? There's no space for it at the moment. But as we know, the NRL are considering um, their concussion or the next step in concussion protocol this week. There will be a commission meeting this week to determine things such as a a mandatory 11-day stand-down period after a concussion. So it's probably... You know, whether it's something they were considering before this week or whether it's something they now begin considering, it's, it's worth. Um, it, it, it's it's a fair argument that there should be. I mean, at the moment, you only have exemptions in case of um, when players are away on representative duty if they become injured. But you know, there's an argument: should should we have it for mental health? Should we have it for concussions? Or, or are they are those injuries slash conditions no separate or unavailabilities no separate to a player breaking a leg and being out for the season? Um, you know, and, and then we only as concerned about this one because it's Caelan Ponga as opposed to if it was, 
you know, a bench forward, let's say, who's done his ACL. So it's a good question. And actually, Andrew Abdo is due to speaking about an hour or so um, out here at Belmore. So it's probably a good question for Andrew in the next hour, I dare say, what I'll put to him yeah. now that you mention it. <laughs> yeah, it is a good question because it's it's an interesting one. It's part of this area that the game is so um, so focused on, and rightfully so, but there are still mm. so many variables within that. Can I get your thoughts just then on the... Um, on the issue of the pricing for tickets, Roosters v Souths, and, and I've tried to have a look at this by taking the party lines out of it. Is there any consideration, because this is the first time that I've heard it, around a Tier 1 match? Who determines a Tier 1 match? And what's the difference between this week's regular season round matches and next week's regular uh, round matches? How, how can the game or clubs determine that one match is more important than the other throughout the regular season? Mm. It's a good question. I mean, I think I look at it and I say, there's two sides to it, right? There's supply-demand, and you're right, how do we determine what matches are more important than others? But I guess if you look at historical data for years on end, we know that this match sells a lot better than, say, a Roosters v Titans match or a Roosters v Cowboys match from a non-Sydney team or even a Roosters v Manly match for, for two Sydney clubs. So there's probably an argument that just like when uh, you know, concerts are on. Those that uh, are likely to bring in higher crowds, they expect to pay more for. So therefore, should football matches, just like week one of finals is more expensive or grand finals more expensive. So there's that argument. But what I would say I find probably more concerning is the price of the cheapest ticket. Like we all obviously would all prefer to sit in good seats on the 50 metre line or whatever. But, you know, I, I was looking at in the, in the cheapest price for... Um, this match, even behind the post in Category 4, is $45 for an adult, which, you know, and, or a family's, a, I think it was 110 It's above 100 So if you're looking to take your kids for a, for a night at the footy, that's probably a bit too much, and that, to me, is probably the bigger thing. So maybe it's a case of, okay, we'll bump up the prices for the, for the better tickets, for the premium tickets, but the cheaper ones should be left at a cheaper state. I'm not sure exactly what they are normally for games at Allianz Stadium, the cheaper ones. Maybe, you know, if we're bumping the higher ones up to 90, the cheaper ones should be at $20. So that way people can still go to the football. Yeah. But if they want to pay more to have good seats for a big match, then they pay more. Um, maybe that's where the argument goes. That, that was sort of my thought on it this morning when I had a bit of a think about it. Yeah, yeah, it certainly got us thinking. There's no question about that. Uh, let us know how you go with Andrew Abdo. We'll stay in touch with you um, this morning after you throw that curly one at him and see what you get. Appreciate <laughs> your time this morning. Sounds good, Matty. Thank you, mate. Have a good one.